Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Episode 5 of The History Of, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wolfie Tash. On today's episode, we're going to look into how a pudgy 19-year-old left-handed pitcher from a small Mexican village changed the view of baseball for many Latin American fans and created a new culture for Los Angeles baseball. This is the history of Fernando Mania in Los Angeles. Fernando Valenzuela was born on November 1, 1960, in a small town in the state of Sorana, Mexico. Fernando was said to be the youngest of 12 children and worked with his family on their farm throughout his childhood. He developed a passion for baseball at a young age and grew up playing wherever and whenever he could. In 1977, at the tender age of just 17, Fernando joined his first professional baseball team, the Mayos de Navajos. He spent the next two years bouncing in between teams throughout the Mexican leagues until 1979, when Fernando caught the eye of a Los Angeles Dodgers scout, Mike Brito. Brito had been sent by the Dodgers to scout a player on the opposing team from Fernando. However, after watching the young lefty pitch, Brito knew the Dodgers had to get to this guy before anyone else could. On July 6, 1979, the Dodgers took a chance and signed the 19-year-old by buying out his contract for $125,000. Fernando quickly worked his way up through the Dodgers minor league system, and in September of 1980, he was called up to make his major league debut. Fernando only pitched a total of 17 innings during the 1980 season, but he went 2-0 with a 0 ERA in all those innings and showed real promise to the team. Just 24 hours before the start of the 1981 season, Dodgers' originally planned opening day starter Jerry Roos was injured and the team decided he was not going to be fit enough to pitch for the team. So, Dodgers manager Tommy Lasorda decided that Fernando would get the start on opening day, something that a lot of people kind of questioned at first. Now, Fernando didn't look like your typical major league pitcher at the time. Back in the 80s, most great major league pitchers were really tall, really in shape, and honestly looked like they could be on the cover of any magazine. But Fernando was different. Fernando stood just 5 feet 11 inches tall. He was pretty overweight compared to most pitchers at his position, and he didn't speak a word of English. However, Fernando took the mound and threw a complete game shutout against the Houston Astros and led the Dodgers to a 2-0 win. Players, coaches, and fans especially were in awe of how good he was and watched as he baffled batters with a variety of pitches, including his signature screwball, which was extremely uncommon at the time. Fernando proceeded to follow up his opening day shutout with the greatest eight-game stretch ever by a rookie. During those eight games, Fernando went 8-0, throwing eight complete games. Five of them were shutouts, while allowing just four runs and striking out 68 batters over the span. His pitching began to attract fame, and more people wanted to go to Dodger games to see what all the hype was about. Now, attendance had always been good for the Dodgers in the past, but it had never really been diverse. The Latin American community did not go to as many Dodger games back in the day, 
And this was due to the fact that the Dodgers had actually bought out and destroyed a Mexican community known as Chavez Ravine back in 1959 in order to build their new stadium. Because of this, members of the community had always felt like the team did not really care for them and they didn't really have anyone who was part of the teams to cheer for that looked like themselves or who they could really relate to. Yes, there were a large number of Latin Americans in this community who were just not interested in baseball because they didn't really have anyone to root for or call their own. However, that all changed with the arrival of Fernando. Many Latin American people viewed Fernando as their hero, and he was really the first Mexican baseball player to become truly famous in the MLB. The Latin American community had never had a player represent Mexico or a Mexican country the way Fernando was doing, and because of this, Latin Americans across Los Angeles began to flock to Dodger Stadium any time Fernando took the mound. Each time Fernando was scheduled to pitch, Dodger Stadium averaged almost 7,500 more fans per game than they did when any other pitcher took the mound during that 1981 season. Most of those 7,500 fans consisted of Latin American fans coming to watch their first baseball game and get a first glimpse of their hero, Fernando Valenzuela. As Fernando kept playing well, his fame continued to grow throughout the country. More and more fans across the United States wanted to come out and see the young 20-year-old pitch, and in every stadium they went to that season, Dodger games averaged 14,000 more fans on the road whenever Fernando Valenzuela took the rubber. His story was inspiring kids across the country that you don't need to be this tall, handsome, good-looking guy to make it in the big leagues. You can be whoever you are. As long as you had the right talent and the right work ethic, you could make it. Fernando would finish the 1981 season with a 13-7 record and a 248 ERA, while leading all of baseball in innings pitched at 192 and a third, complete games throwing 11 of them, shutouts with 8, and strikeouts with 180. He was named Rookie of the Year, the Cy Young Award winner, the Silver Slugger Award winner, and finished fifth in the MVP voting, making it at the time the greatest rookie season ever by any player. Fernando continued his dominance into the playoffs and helped the Dodgers back to the World Series. He became the youngest pitcher ever to start Game 1 of the World Series. However, his greatest moment came in Game 3, when he pitched a complete game to lead the Dodgers to a 5-4 win over the Yankees. The Dodgers would go on to beat the Yankees in that series and win the World Series for the first time since 1965. Fernando had set the bar quite high for himself after that incredible rookie year, and for the most part, he would continue to exceed expectations over the next six seasons. Between 1981 and 1987, Fernando was a six-time All-Star with a record of 111-82 and and a 310 ERA with an astonishing 96 complete games. Fernando was the leader of the Dodgers staff and the pitcher they relied on the most. During that seven-year stretch, Fernando led all of baseball in strikeouts with 1,448 and batters faced at 7,413, while he was second in innings pitched with 1,788 and wins at 111. He was an absolutely dominant force, and he was viewed as one of the top pitchers in all of baseball, while at the same time continuing to be a figure for Latin Americans to look up to. Fernando also continued to attract crowds of people to Dodger Stadium. Prior to that 1981 season, 
The Dodgers had only ever sold 3 million or more tickets twice in the history of their franchise. Every year between 1982 and 1986, the Dodgers saw an average of 3.2 million fans come through their stadium in each of those seasons. Fernando's first real struggle in the big leagues came in 1988. Fernando went just 5-8 with a 4.24 ERA and only threw three complete games that season before being shut down in early September for the rest of the year due to a shoulder injury. He watched from the bench as his team fought hard and made it all the way back to the World Series and beat the Oakland Athletics to win their second world championship of the decade. While Fernando was happy to be champion once again, he was sad that he could not contribute to the team's championship run and told reporters that it was indeed the worst year of his career and he didn't really know something was up with him until his last start of the year. Fernando tried to bounce back in 1989 and 1990, compiling a 23-26 record with a 4.01 ERA over those two seasons. However, it was clear to the Dodgers that his best years were behind him. His last great moment in a Dodger uniform came in 1990, when he threw a no-hitter versus the St. Louis Cardinals, his only no-hitter of his career. After the end of the 1990 season, the Dodgers officially parted ways from Fernando, ending a 10-year stretch with the team. Fernando would spend the next seven seasons splitting time between five major league teams and decided to retire from the MLB after the 1997 season. Fernando finished his career with a 173-153 and 153 record and a 3.54 career ERA, while compiling 2,390 innings pitched, 113 complete games, and 2,074 strikeouts. However, throughout much of the 90s and early 2000s, Fernando Valenzuela had a vendetta against his former team for releasing him. He didn't like that the team was just willing to let him go after all he had done for the team and the city, reinvigorating baseball in Los Angeles and bringing a new crowd of fans into the stadium that would never have been possible without him. Finally, in 2003, it seemed Fernando and the Dodgers had put their differences aside as Fernando joined the team as a Spanish color commentator. In 2004, Fernando decided to come out of retirement and made a brief return to the mound in the Mexican leagues, pitching for the next two years until December 20, 2006. At the old age of 46, Fernando took the mound for the last time in what would be his final professional baseball game of his career. Fernando Valenzuela had an incredible impact on the Dodgers in the 1980s, but his greatest impact came off the field. He changed the way an entire culture viewed the game of baseball and invigorated the next generation of Latin American fans to foster their own love for the game. Today, Dodger Stadium is one of the most diverse stadiums in terms of fans who come to the games, and there is always a strong Latin American presence at every Dodger home game. Without Fernando, Dodger Stadium would not be the same exciting and energy-filled stadium that it is today. He is the reason that many Latin Americans in Southern California love Dodger baseball, and the community will be forever grateful to Fernando Valenzuela. Thanks everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out the next episode of The History Of, coming out soon. And check out the Believe Podcast Network for other great sports podcasts like this one. I'm Wolfie Tash, and you've been listening to The History Of on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one home for sports podcasts.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.